Hi, you're tuning into New Life Vietnam. Today's service is special because it's the first ever New Life Fellowship of Churches combined Sunday service. All right, over to you, Eric. Okay. Well, it's great to be with all of you, and it's just really heartwarming to see um, so many friends. I don't know, for those of you watching, you may have met some people for the first time, and you're kind of like saying, who's that? And, uh, you know, everybody that was introduced, you know, mostly I consider as close to me as my own, as my own children. Um, you know, I, I'm so touched with the ministry of each of you, and I'm so proud of all of you. One thing that I want to point out as obvious to me is the following. You can look at all the countries that are represented in all the churches, and we can view that as fruit, fruit from some seeds planted years ago. And that's true, but I want you to see that within all the fruit, there are more seeds. And so when I see all of you and what you're doing, I don't see just fruit and harvest. I see so many seeds for the multiplied harvest in the next years to come and the decades to come and those that will come after us when we're no longer even on this planet Earth. And so it's great to see the fruit. Within the fruit, there is always seed. And we sow in hope of that future. Um, I wanted to share briefly with you. I'm going to talk for about 20 minutes, I think, and then Jenny's got about 10. But I want to start with an illustration this morning. I've got a couple of magnets here. And uh, oh, let's see. Let's Let's make this red magnet the main one. I'm going to say that this is representative of God. And, of course, this magnet couldn't represent him. It would have to be the size of the world, not something that fits in my hand. And, uh, but because I'm made in the image of God, there's something magnetic about me also. And I'm designed to find my fulfillment and my connection in God. There are people on earth who are repelled from God. They don't want to connect with them. And, you know, if you take these magnets and turn them this way, there's no way to put them together. They fit this way. And sometimes I'm concerned in my own life, not so much that I'm being repelled from God, as we can be attracted to other things. And so in this case, I've got another example here. Here's a little box, and this represents the world. And so I can be attracted to the world. I can be attracted to things that are in the world. These things that are of the world and in the world Try to put them all back in a little box. They have no magnetic power. This can't attract anything, but I could be attracted to it. And, and scripture really says this, that, um, 
we're to be attracted to God, I'm not concerned that we get repelled from God. My concern is that sometimes we become distracted. And there are a lot of things that can distract us. And none of the things that distract us can can ever fulfill. And so the things in the world may distract us from God. Times that I feel empty, times that I feel confused, times that I feel lonely, times that I feel without direction, I have to ask myself, you know, Eric, is is it because something is coming between you and God, are you distracted? Not, not repelled from God, but does anything come between to distract? And it's amazing the things that can distract us from God. Um, money, fame, success, Facebook, uh, YouTube, um, Instagram, uh, so many different things that can distract us from God. And so I want to encourage and remind you that um, we're made to find our fulfillment in God and not to be distracted by other things. But besides that, here's some other magnets here. We're, We're also called to seek God together. Okay, so I'm seeking God not just by myself, but 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 22 says that we are to pursue faith, righteousness, and love. Pursue the things of God with those who call on God out of a pure heart. And so when I put these magnets together, it's it's representing this, the with, serving God with other people. And so again, I want you to just keep this illustration in mind today, um, that, that, that if, if this is God, I'm made in his image, so there's something magnetic in me that connects to him. Um, and I'm supposed to be pursuing with and be attracted to but I can sometimes get distracted by these other things. Well, I know that for me, that it was in 1980 that God called me and attracted me to himself. I wasn't looking for God. I was a nice church-going boy. I'd gone to church for 19 years. But in my first year of university, Jesus Christ touched my heart and he put me in a church family. And I'm thankful for my pastors, such as Tom Eisenhart, Joe Height, and Kenny Vickers, men who are just names to you, but I hold these men in my heart. And in 1984, Jenny and I got married and wanted to make Jesus's name known throughout the world and is very simple in Matthew chapter 28 in verse 16 it says then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go 
So these are, Judas is not with them, but these are the 11 disciples. And verse 17 says, when they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. These doubting worshipers, to these doubting worshipers, Jesus came and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. These words have always burned in my heart. They've always been alive in my heart. They've always been as much a part of me as the breath that I breathe. They've been as much a part of me as the blood that pounds through my veins. This this desire, this call of God to go into other nations. And for me, it's been a joy and a delight to have been uh, called, first of all, to Jakarta and then into the other cities in Indonesia and to Singapore, Cambodia, and Vietnam. And I always had one very simple goal, and that was to raise a family. And Jenny and I moved to Indonesia. Our oldest daughter, Emily, was four months old. She's going to be 36 um, in another month or so. And uh, so we've got five children and now three sons-in-law and uh, six grandchildren. And we were at a wedding, Jenny and I were at a wedding um, a week ago. And there were very many family members. I wasn't close to all of them. Uh, some of them I didn't recognize. Some I didn't have much in common with. But I recognized that we were family and that we had common ancestors, common heritage, uh, common legacy, common DNA. And that as I get older and Jenny gets older, our children continue to get older. And now my children's children have relationship with each other. They call themselves the cousins, and we have this relationship because we're a family. Um, some of my family members now have different names. They're not all Dooleys anymore. We have the Downs family, and we have the Fahey family, and the Clefborn family. They don't all live in the same place. Uh, my daughter Emily lives in Florida. My daughter Natalie lives in Idaho. My daughter Rachel lives in Seoul, South Korea. And then two of my kids live here in the state of Washington. So we're in different places, but but we came from the same place. We have shared heritage and DNA. When I went to Indonesia, uh, I thought I'd be in Indonesia for the rest of my life. Uh, I didn't know God's plan was that these churches were going to start and we're going to grow. But it makes sense when we look at scripture, when Jesus told his disciples to make disciples, 
And he said, teach them to observe or to obey what I've commanded you. Well, what he just commanded them was to go and to make disciples. So disciples are commanded to make disciples who will make more disciples. And we see this beautifully fulfilled in Acts chapter 14. In Acts 14, the apostle Paul has traveled to the cities of Iconium and Lystra and Derbe. And Paul and Barnabas um, went to the city of Derbe to make disciples. And in Acts 14, verse 21, it says, They, that is Paul and Barnabas, preached the good news in that city, the city of Derbe, and won a large number of disciples, verse 21. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples. You think about that. Jesus said, you will bear fruit, and your fruit will remain. Your fruit will still be there. And so Paul and Barnabas were able to go back to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, where they had first made the disciples, because the disciples were still there. And they strengthened the disciples and they encouraged them to remain true to the faith and said, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. And then verse 23, Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church. And so apparently what they had done is when they had made disciples and gone back and visited disciples again, they organized them into congregations of people, into churches, and they appointed leadership in those churches. And with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. They continually turned them back to Jesus. They were not turning them to themselves. They were turning them back to the Lord. And verse 24 says, after going through Pisidia, they came into Pamphylia. When they preached the word in Perga, they went down to Italia. Verse 26, from Italia, they sailed back to Antioch, where they had been committed to the grace of God for the work they had now completed. So the church in Antioch had sent them out to do all this work. And verse 27, on arriving there back in Antioch, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them and how he'd opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. And they stayed there a long time with the disciples. That really, for me, has always been a guiding light or an example of what fulfilling the Great Commission looks like. It's it's been a, a picture of how men and women working together are sent from a church to go and preach the gospel in other places and live amongst those people and make disciples and then go on to other places, still returning to see how those disciples are doing and 
to establish them in the faith, to establish churches, and to commit them to God, who is the source. In New Life Fellowship of Churches, when Jenny and I went to Jakarta, we didn't know what we were doing. Wasn't this white-haired old man? (laughs) Uh, I was 25 years old. And all we knew was that God had touched our heart and he had bought us from sin, bought us for himself by his precious blood. And that that was so important that that there was nothing more important for us than this connection with God. And there were a lot of things we could have been distracted by. There was a lot of things that, that might have taken our attention. And probably sometimes there have been. But the main thing was always to stay in connection with the God who made us and to go and tell other people about him and be in relationship with these other people. They're not all the same. These ones are different. But together, we're all seeking God and together we're all bringing other people into the kingdom. The main thing is not uh, any of the people that are speaking to you today. We're all just servants who preached Christ and in Christ you believe. And who is important is Jesus. And yet Jesus has given us a family. He has given us those with whom we can pursue God. And the greatest joy of my life, besides my wife and children and grandchildren, the greatest joy has been able to follow Jesus into these countries in Asia and live there and learn the language and learn the food and learn the culture and the customs and to make friends And to see these friends now today uh, that are online with us and to know that we are serving God's purpose together in our generation. You're not alone. God is with you and God is with your church, but your church is not alone. Your church is with others in your country that have this same history, heritage, and vision together. And your church in your country is not alone. There's these other countries that share churches with disciples that have the same history and the same DNA and the same vision. And I look forward to continuing for the last breath that I draw on earth uh, to be partnering together with you all for the sake of the kingdom of God. This season of my life, the last 10 years I've been in the United States, um, I hope and I pray um, when COVID is over. I want to return to Asia. I, I still have things to do. I still hope and, and pray that maybe there's one more church plant left inside of me. Um, but the wonderful thing that I see is that there is fruit, and that's you. 
the fruit remains and I can visit you, you can visit one another. And that within all this fruit, there's still much seed for the future. And that's what you're all about. And I thank you so much for your love of Jesus, um, your love for one another, for ourselves, and for uh, sharing your lives with us. And with that, I want to pass the time over to my lovely wife, Jenny. Oh, it is such a, a joy and a privilege to be with all of you today. Um, I've been looking forward to this for a couple of weeks and just this new medium of, of Zoom or however we're doing this YouTube, um, it just warms my heart because I don't think this ever would have happened in any other way to see so many faces and churches that I dearly love. So I'm really grateful to be with you all today. Um, I just going to kind of continue on the theme that Eric started about, you know, how important our family or fellowship of churches is. So I wanted to start off by reading a short passage of scripture, and it's from Acts 2, and it's verses 42 to 46. And it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Honestly, I can't read um, that passage of scripture and not have several different homes come to mind, um, outdoor parks, uh, restaurants. Um, in the early days of church planting, and it was a great privilege for Eric and I to be in a small way a part of those church, seven church plants. This really describes a lot of what was happening. And when we look at this passage, this is the very first um people gathering together, not knowing what to do, living in a culture that didn't understand them or accept them. And they were doing some very unusual things. And um, when we first started planning churches, that was very much um, what was happening. We started churches out of our living room. Uh, we were outside sometimes. We met daily. We ate together. Um, I have some just rich memories of daily meeting, listening to teaching, praying, fellowshipping, and one of the things that really strikes me as not just being um, a rich heritage from scripture and how this all began 2000 years ago, but how New Life Fellowship or New Life Family of Churches began was very much in that home environment, that gathering together daily, um, that praying, eating together. And two words stand out to me in this passage, and it was they uh, broke bread together in their homes and they ate there with glad and sincere hearts. And it was truly such a joyful time of expectation and of knowing that um, God was present. And Eric's right, we didn't know what we were doing, but we were really reliant upon him. And I like that with New Life Fellowship of Churches, we, can, we, we always talk about fellowship and family. And family is a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's also a messy thing. And as we know, as we continue reading um, in Acts about the church and its early beginnings, um, that these were very foundational things that they did but they also got hit with a lot of persecutions from without. They got scattered. 
Um, there was huge needs. There was all kinds of things going on outside of the church. And sometimes there was conflicts and disagreements inside the church. And that's normal. And it's beautiful. It's how we become more like Christ. Um, there was so much um, that the early church modeled for us that we get to uh, experience today. And whether you've ever been part of one of the church plants at the very beginning stages, you know what that's like. And if you haven't, you should still know what that's like, because this is still the pattern for what church life is supposed to be, whether it's within our own church or within our family of churches. Um, so I'm just incredibly uh, blessed to see how well all of you are doing. And especially during this time where things are so uncertain, I don't think they've been this uncertain ever in my lifetime as they are today. And I'm sure that's true. But the church does prevail and, his, and God's people are loved and are continued to call um, to love. Um, but I just really want to hone in on the fact that the hope, actually, my prayer is that as we continue, as Eric has shared, you know, with the magnets, that we're all in this together, that we would continue to, to really value this heritage. This is a, a great gift of being able to be part and connected, not just with those in our own church, but with everyone else's. And in second, uh, no, first Corinthians 16, 14, um, Paul says, let all be done in love. And I think God obviously is a God of love. And that's really the heart of why we do anything is because he loved us first. And in meeting together, whether it's on Zoom or in person when we can, or any creative way that we have of meeting one another's needs, it's all in love. And that's all I've seen today as we've been meeting together is this um, deep um, sense of love and joy at being able to be together. And God is present um, to all of that. Um, I like very much so that our family of churches is relational. And that is challenging sometimes, but it's also beautiful. I love that uh, we are quick to respond to needs. I love that we will, we want to gather together and be together, whether it's on a Zoom call or a WhatsApp, you know, with a, with one of the pastors or someone else from the church, that we're ready to, to name what we need and to ask for it and that we're ready to give and support. Um, you know, that's really pretty much all that I really wanted to share. Um, and just to say that I am uh, incredibly blessed to be a part of this, even from far away, I still feel very connected. And I can honestly say that here in the United States, I have never experienced anything like what I have with all of you in Southeast Asia. Um, so I'm just grateful that, um, you know, I am a firm believer that when God's word goes forth, powerful things happen. It does not return void. And um, the fruit that you're all bearing is Jesus fruit. And it's in you and it's around you and it's in your churches. I just pray that you would be blessed, continue to walk in love and continue to develop um, this rich heritage that we have both from scripture, but within our own history, um, that these relationships are really important. They're there for our protection, for our um, encouragement, for support. Um, and that as a family, that we would be, become safer and safer and more willing to love and to walk together. So thank you so much for this time to be with you. I'm just just really blessed. So thank you so much. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. 
We pray that you and your family are encouraged by this message. Join us next time and do click the follow button on our profile page to stay up to date with the latest message. God bless you.